The following is a member of the Growler Media Podcast Network. Find out more at growlermedia.com. Comey Snake. Welcome to Escape from New York Minute, where we celebrate and analyze the dystopian classic one minute at a time. I am Molly Balin. And I am Eric Deutsch. And we welcome back actor, pro Spider-Man cosplayer, and co-host of Spider-Man Minute, Zach Luna. Oh, well, thanks for having me, guys. Hey, welcome back to prison! Oh, I'm so happy to be here. (laughs) (laughs) Well, at least you were not in the uh, arena cage match that's that's occurring here. Uh, ah, yes, and we're no, back in it, right? <laughs> yeah, we're we're back in it. Uh, so we're in minute seventy four, and the Duke had a thought from minute seventy three, and he finishes his thought about what part of Snake will be leading the group down the sixty ninth Street Bridge. And our friend with the busted out glasses with the longest hallway walk in the history of filmmaking rings the bell. And Slag and Snake begin the battle royale. And we end with Brain and Maggie being sneaky off somewhere else in the arena. Oh, ho. Oh, ho. So this is, yeah. We we get the conclusion to Duke's speech here, which uh, I I gotta say is sort of a funny, um, I, I mean, this happens on our show where you just like, you hope that the minutes time out in interesting places, and then sometimes they time out in a way that's almost like a joke. And like, <laughs> <laughs> if you had only watched yesterday's minute and heard like Duke's whole speech about them sending in their best man, and when we roll down 79th Street Bridge tomorrow on our way to freedom, we're gonna have their best man leading the way. You could have been like, "Wow, sounds great," and then, <laughs> <laughs> and then today's minute hits you with the realness. <laughs> Oh yeah! If you if you end the movie right there, it's like, oh, I guess he thinks Snake's gonna join their cause. Okay, yeah, all right. This is indoctrination. This is like <laughs> his uh, welcome to the you know if you uh, if you manage to survive this, welcome to the group, I guess. Um, but no, no, he's uh, an example being made of because I uh, my assumption with my interpretation of his phrase from the neck up is that uh, he's gonna c- cut off his head. He's gonna he's gonna cut off his head. Is that? Uh, I, I I think that's a pretty safe assumption. Okay, yeah, and that's bad for our <laughs> hero. So I'm worried about him, and I, I hope <laughs> I hope things go all right because it seems like it seems even if he manages to get out of this scrape, he's uh he's got some sort of scary bladed implement coming his way from from up on high, and. Uh, I don't. I don't want that to happen. So fingers crossed. <laughs> yeah, I want. I want to parse the end here of the Duke speech. We get. You know, he says from the neck up. First of all, we cut to Snake. Continues to have no reaction whatsoever. He's just been told <laughs> we're going to chop off your head. He does not care. There's, oh. there's no facial reaction whatsoever from him. He's like, oh, yeah, you're not the first one to tell me you're going to do that. Okay. <laughs> and then Slag, who already smiled at him in yesterday's minute, smiles at him again. And this smiles even better because this smile flat out says, I'm the one who's going to remove your head. <laughs> Slightly nerve wracking. Yeah. Um, yeah. I like the choice that um, when when everybody starts cheering it's almost like we cut to Snake a little bit early so that we can have that contrast where 
he is not reacting at all, and you can see all of the arms go up behind him while he <laughs> continues to not react. That like he's the only uh, like non-moving element in the entire frame as everybody else <laughs> cheers his demise. <laughs> Waving our sticks. Ah, <laughs> can't wait. Can't wait for him to die. Um, <laughs> yay! Then this the, the Duke is not done though, oh, because boy. then he announces. That his head will be on the hood of his car, which as far as I'm concerned, his car just hypothetically got even more awesome than it already is. (laughs) Because now there will be a severed head attached to it. Yeah, it's like, that's dark. (laughs) (laughs) I wouldn't wouldn't want to see that car rolling down the street towards me. If you had somehow been a person who'd existed on this island for the last 20 years or whatever, without knowing who the Duke was or what he meant. Uh, Once you saw his cool car rolling down towards you with a severed head on the front, I think you would, you'd get out of the way. I think the message would come across. Um, You know, it's gory, it's gross, but it's, uh, it's very clear. It's, it's, it's well, uh, again, we talk about meaning and like injecting meaning in these films. And um, I think that meaning is pretty clear. I think that's a pretty, pretty solid symbol of (laughs) of how bad a dude you're dealing with. When you got a uh, severed head ornament. Severed ornament? Severed head. Hood, head. hood ornament. A head hood, ornament. Head ornament. There we go. We got there. In the how, 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 uh, Molly, how would you attach the head to a hood of a car? Oh, well, since he already has posts up in the front with the chandeliers. See, he's already got a little bit of help with augmentation already. So I mm-hmm. think probably some type of wires coming from the chandeliers to su- to suspend the head in front of the car would probably be how I would try and do that. Oh, wow. And you might get some, uh, some like free animation there too, as the head like sways on the wires, you know, right. Not- <laughs> it can a- move a little bit, right. <laughs> a little movement's good for people <laughs> for attention Terrifying. spans and such. <laughs> Very scary. Oh no, no, thank you. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, um, everybody's so happy, and then like this extra move that Slag does, it's like he's uh, asking for formal permission or something, which is a nice beat, I guess. I don't know why that's scarier than him just like attacking him outright. That he, it's, I mean, the power of the big scary guy, but also the power <laughs> of the uh, the guy in charge, who's an- another type of big scary guy. The big scary guy is uh, yeah. is. I don't know. I don't know. It just makes it makes Duke scarier, and also keeps Slag being scary as well. Yeah, yeah I think I, I think maybe it's something that like yeah, this guy's enormous and he looks really weird, but it's almost like yeah, he has to pay tribute to his boss above him and and look to, like you said, look to him for approvals. It's almost like it makes him sort of almost like a brainless brute. Like yeah, he to get his next mental uh, input from the Duke, and so that makes it even scarier. It's kind of like how, what are you more scared of, a vampire or a zombie? It's like, well, I'm more scared of a zombie because they don't even, they can't even think. They're just coming at you, and you can't possibly reason with them. Whereas sure. you might be able yeah. to reason with a vampire. You know, if, if Slag's just completely just stupid and brainless, he will not stop until you're dead. Yeah, he's like, he's a force of nature more than a person. I yeah. Think. Yeah. Ooh! <laughs> I wouldn't want to fight me neither. Yeah, that's uh, uh, <laughs> yeah, splash a force of nature. <laughs> and Molly, you're two uh, Portlandy type guys who are hanging with their legs over the side. Mm-hmm. I would like to point out that this entire arena is going 
batshit crazy during this speech about the hood on the car, except the two of them. They are oh, just, look at that! Yeah. Everyone's screaming and cheering, and they're just sitting there with these blank looks on their faces. Not two fucks to give, friends. They're just, like, <laughs> stoic in the face of all of this, and that is a true scene-ster. <laughs> like... <laughs> I respect it, and I like it. <laughs> <laughs> That's a good detail. I wonder <laughs> on the on the day they like they were told specifically like yeah don't react at all like everything else is gonna go crazy around you or if that was like a choice they made and and uh, Carpenter was like you know what I like it like you know tell tell the first AD to, to give him a thumbs up keep doing that just to stare. <laughs> I'm wondering if the two actors were just so scared of how, having to hang with their legs over the side that they're just scared shitless and they're like, ah. yeah. oh, yeah, maybe it's like because uh, the gesture everybody else is doing is like throwing their hands in the air. But if, if these guys throw their hands in the air, that they're like more precarious. Right. Yeah, so it's right. Like, <laughs> I'll I'll look cool, but I'm actually scared. And then <laughs> I'll just put my hands down and uh, hold on tight. Oh, God. Yeah, because um, they're probably here shooting this for like twelve hours a day or something like crazy, and it's uh, you know, you got you got to keep yourself occupied and present somehow. But you want to look cool when the camera's on you, so you know, maybe maybe you're too cool to react, and and that, and, that, and, and maybe you know, decades later, some some nerds on a podcast will. Uh, <laughs> give you a shout out and that'll be you know your 15 minutes of fame and this is one of those times that i wish that the the online credits were a little more detailed um we haven't really been able to call out most of the background characters in this movie because the the credits online are just like thug number three gypsy number four and and the, and the faces are not attached to those credits so right, right. i would love to give these two guys their due you know but i just, yeah. I just I don't know who they are Nah, that's all right. I mean, that's that's pretty common in uh, this sort of scenario where, I mean, I, most extras don't get any credit at all, and the, yeah. the ones that do get one, it's usually because they were um, specially uh, shown in a scene or something like that. But there's no guarantee that a person who got specially used in one movie in the '80s ever set up an IMDb account or right. had a picture of their face or something. <laughs> <laughs> No, it's sometimes you find one like a diamond in the rough. You're like, mm. man. And so the last thing the Duke says, I don't know if anyone's going to find this story funny or not, but I never knew what the hell he says at the very end. The, the camera zooms out and he shouts one last thing. And I could just, I couldn't figure out what it was, but I always thought, well, he just finished talking about, they're going to chop his head off, put on the car. It must be something really awesome. When I finally bought this on DVD and I turned the subtitles on so I could see, Ooh. Oh, what's the Duke saying there? That last line I've never known. All he turns out he's saying is, let's do it. And I was like, oh, that's it? <laughs> oh, okay. That's not, not exciting at all. Let's do it. Here we go. <laughs> Look, the games begin. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I'm in the habit now these days where I just leave subtitles on for everything. Because I just, I just want to know. I want to know. And, like, also sometimes I'm watching a movie, like, kind of late at night, and I don't want to, like, crank the volume too high because i got neighbors you know but i also want to know what's going on <laughs> so yeah yeah so the subtitles they're fun um i uh my um my dad is, it was kind of hard of hearing growing up so we would often have subtitles on at home so there's also like a uh i don't know i got used to it in that 
capacity and then i learned it was like oh also handy to catch things if i'm watching like a, a christopher nolan movie where they mix <laughs> the audio much lower than they mix the effects and the music and i'm like okay i don't know what, what anybody's saying or or a movie where people have like very strong accents then that, yep. that can also be helpful um, i don't know sound off sound off in the facebook group do you use subtitles <laughs> <laughs> well I, I, have yeah, to- I got into it because when my wife on the nights my wife puts my kids to sleep if i want to watch something we're in a we're in a two bedroom apartment, so yeah. I'd have to turn the volume down to like seven, and Oof. I had to put on subtitles, otherwise I couldn't watch anything. And then oh. I was like, hey, you know what? I kind of like this having the subtitles on. This this is I like this. Yeah, it's like a safety net. What about you? What do you think, Mom? Well, my dad is actually deaf in one ear, so there you go. Because similar situation, I started getting used to you know using subtitles because you know he would need to have that. And then uh, we were watching The Expanse. And that was actually the first show because there's a lot of uh, Creole in that that we were really missing. Like, what are you guys saying right now? Um, yeah. And and so that was the first probably time that we started just keeping it on. I'd say probably eighty percent of the time. And mm-hmm. there's quite a bit that you miss in terms of even sounds. Or, um, gosh, we were watching a Hands Made Tale. Mm. And just started it. And and I was kind of surprised because there's uh, soldiers coming after them in the first, mm, I was basically the pilot, but they're mm. making commentary that I probably wouldn't have really registered if I didn't have the subtitles on. So these little moments that are actually enhancing my watching experience by having it on there, which I think is kind of fascinating. Yeah. I also used to um, do it <laughs> when I first moved to LA and I was... Uh, didn't have access to all of the acting classes and stuff that I have access to now. And I needed a way to feel productive during my downtime. I would sometimes do a thing where I would uh, put on a TV show with the subtitles and uh, pause it and like read the subtitles and try to do like a take on that line and then Mm. play the thing and then see what the actor actually ended up doing as like Mm. a way to, I I think I was trying to like brute force an appreciation of like the timing inherent in, okay, this is what an HBO show is like this versus like a NBC sitcom versus like a, uh, you know, a three camera sitcom versus like a documentary style one. Like how do people time out the jokes and stuff like that? So it was um, maybe not a real exercise, but it felt productive. And that's, that's what really counts. (laughs) (laughs) You say, I read that better than David Schwimmer did. (laughs) I'll get you next time. Schwimmer. Um, (laughs) No, he's actually very good. He's actually very good at what he does. (laughs) Yeah. See people versus OJ Simpson. He's good. Um, this uh this uh, okay so the the big fight they were ready to go and everybody like does their their big cheer and um a thing that stuck out to me in this minute was like the the sound design here because a lot of times when you hear like a um a sound of a lot of people like cheering in a in a movie or a tv show that's um like recorded after the fact or a uh, um an existing audio thing you know the sound of cheer that's put in there and they'll try to match it to the environment but uh, essentially on set a lot of times they don't let the actors like actually say anything because if you hear people say things distinctly then you have to pay them more with if you have a bunch of extras uh in a space you have enough extras and they're not distinctive if you're just saying like uh, random things that they call walla then it's okay but it's rare to hear a sound that feels so in the actual space that's there and you know maybe part of that is the budgetary constraint maybe part of that is the uh 
an artistic choice but when everybody yells in this old uh, train station that they have they're filming on here it really has a unique sound to it that doesn't sound like a generic group of people yelling it feels like we're in this space and we're surrounded by these people screaming and it's echoing off the walls and that i don't know i think is really cool like i know i know carpenter is big into you know doing interesting stuff with audio, not just in the soundtrack of it, but also in the film itself. And that was like a fun little bit of sound design where it's like, oh no, that's that's a real sound in that space when all these people cheer. And it scares me. Mm, yeah. Yeah. There's a really excellent echo that they've captured here. That you couldn't get on like a, a sound stage if this was like a fake set somewhere. I don't mm-hmm. think it would nearly the same. Um, oh, I agree with you. Yeah. I don't I don't know how they would really be able to replicate that in in the quality and because you have the roar of the crowd and that's what i've also kind of enjoyed too and to fast forward just a smidge to the end of this minute is that you do hear the roar of the crowd where brain and maggie are and so even though you're like where are you guys hiding out now like you don't know where they are because you hear the roar of the crowd that gives you the cue that they're actually in the arena someplace yeah yeah like it's it's not quite like a l cut where you can like where like the audio from the previous shot bleeds over into the new one, but right. that literally we can still hear what's happening in the other room. So like we we're immediately oriented that like we're we're in the same building at least or something or yeah we're, we're snooping around in a similar area and that's just I mean it's it's simple filmmaking stuff but it's it's done very well it 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 it, it works for a reason or it's used for a reason I guess it's, it's uh the the little tricks are there because they work yeah and I just. And granted, we're taking this minute by minute, but I don't normally, because I feel like I'm much more of a visual person than an auditory person when I pick up cues. But I thought that was a really just a good piece of editing there to, you know, these these little shorthands without saying anything explicitly. You've got something that's happened in post that lets us know where they are. And I just thought it was like a, just a cool, a cool little device, a cool trick of the storytelling. Yeah, that it's like... Um... It, it helps you find your way through the chaos uh, without re- sort of like subconsciously, I guess, mm-hmm. which is cool. Yeah. Um, <laughs> speaking of a cool little trick uh, that I, I just appreciate filmmaking wise, I like when, when the bell is actually rung and we're going to start swinging bats at each other. <laughs> the, the way that Kurt Russell like stands up and enters the frame, he does like a hair flip on his way up. It's like a, uh, like a glamour shot. <laughs> it's like Rita Hayworth and Gilda or something. Like he, he's like, all right, it's time to go. Whew. Herbal essences. It, like he just, the hair enters frame before he does. And I just love it. Like, he, <laughs> well, I think he's taunting slag. He's like, ha, you're bald bastard. <laughs> <laughs> like all the hair, all the hair that he would have that glorious, like lion's mane that Kurt Russell has. It's all like migrated down to the chin of, Flag, <laughs> <laughs> the big brute now visually opposed go yeah. ahead go ahead no i was just saying i was making a dumb reference to the fact that they just look like yin and yang in the hair department <laughs> <laughs> well I, I didn't want to uh skip over our our favorite gang member red bandana gypsy who uh really is milking the screen time in this movie for <laughs> was such a uh, incredible how many minutes now we're talking about this guy but yeah. i'm calling him out for two reasons number one he is wearing the tracer with the all-important safety catch that uh, 
Hauk talked about way back when Snake got all of his gear. Oh so my gosh! Slag is wearing the countdown clock. The red bandana gypsy is wearing the tracer, and I wonder if that's something that's going to be important in a few minutes of this movie. I, I just, just, uh, just a thought. Hard to know, but it's if if it is, it's been well established in this one. Either sure. it's a either it's a surprising detail that like indicates that there's more story around every corner, like we were talking about in yesterday's minute, or it's a setup for something. I don't know. I don't Chekhov's know. Chekhov's tracer. <laughs> Jacob's tracer. But yeah. here's my favorite part of what he does in this minute. You mentioned he rings the bell. I love the fact that they actually have the bell to be rung. It's like you it's it's official, like a real sanctioned <laughs> boxing match, you know. You oh bet the bell has not rung. You cannot start. <laughs> and if they ring the bell, which means they're following official rules, does that mean someone somewhere is an official statistician keeping track of stats for these fights? Man, I oh. hope so. Yeah. There's like <laughs> there's some some old guy in New York who like ran a boxing gym or something and he was like, <laughs> I ain't leaving and he's like you know, this this may be a uh you know, ragtag uh criminals gone, you know, crazy society that we've built up from the ground up here. But you know what? Sports have rules and I'm gonna <laughs> I'm gonna keep the sanctity of the sport going and no matter what. <laughs> brought over his little bell and installed it on the edge of the deathmatch thing and is over in the corner with pencils and paper or something like making sure making sure we all know what's what because if we don't have rules in our death matches and what what even are we what is, is right. life living <laughs> we're not animals <laughs> we're gonna have Clearly. some civilization here <laughs> Yeah, this is a brutal Lord of the Flies type civilization, but a civilization nonetheless. Bring your helmets, bring your sticks, bring your bells and your bandanas, because we <laughs> we're gonna make sure this all goes according to plan. True that. Yeah, I will say that the red bandana gypsy does wear the tracer bracelet better than Snake does. <laughs> Looks yeah. better on him. Yeah, well, maybe it's his enthusiasm for it. You know, like it was forced on Snake, and he kind of resented it. Uh, whereas this guy's like, oh, this is part of my look. This is, this is cool. This is mine. This is this has value. Whereas right. everything everything to Snake is like a nuisance. <laughs> right. It's important to wear things that spark joy. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah this is <laughs> condo in action. Yeah. <laughs> Minute seventy four. <laughs> oh boy. Um. So they do. They do fight. They do fight. Yeah. That's the, thing. the fight starts out with baseball bats. They don't even bother with the hand-to-hand stuff. It's just straight to it. Yeah, man. It's uh, again. We've made the gladiator reference a few times, but it's very much like uh, grab what you've got and see see how you <laughs> survive. Yeah. I guess. Yeah. And we, we, this is if this is the most American uh, version of a dystopian society. I think it fits that they have baseball bats, right? Because that's. Sure. That's America's pastime. This is this is built with the uh, the ashes of our civilization. So, what one of those ashes is a Louisville, Louisville Slugger. <laughs> and as we talked about way way back in the beginning, Kurt Russell was a minor league baseball player. So no he, way. Yes, uh-huh. yes, he was. In fact, he was very good, but he blew his knee out, and he began. Uh, he went back to acting. That's incredible. That happened yeah. with uh, what's his face um, uh, from. The the Superman on the on the TV shows the uh, the Berlanti verse oh. shows the Superman that they have um, he was on Teen Wolf and stuff before that but uh, what is his name Tyler Tyler Hecklin um, he was all he was also a baseball player before he transitioned fully into acting and he had like 
like a, a one of his uh coaches like sat him down one day and was like look man like you gotta pick and uh we, we love having you but it seems like that's really what your what your real deal is and then he went off mm. to that um, maybe not quite as big of a name as kurt russell but uh i guess that's an ex- an existing uh pathway for some for some actors that you do <laughs> interesting baseball first action movies later sometimes you wear a s on your chest and sometimes it's a big old snake tattoo yeah (laughs) it's pretty cool (laughs) (laughs) and so you know i mean slag is obviously he's got the size on snake he's got the power but he is really slow i mean he just you know (laughs) when he raises his bat up to hit it's like it's like a whole strained production of lifting the bat up he's just (laughs) slow and he starts out the fight he's using just one he's only got one hand he's he's like showing off like i'm not even going to use two hands at the very beginning he's not taking it that seriously you know, yeah. it's like he's kind of toying with Snake. And and the crowd kind of reacts to it, where there's like, they're not fully invested. They're like, I don't know. I mean, we're excited, but I don't know what's happening. And it's not until he like, like rears back and is like, okay, time to get serious. And actually like wallop Snake in the in the belly that everybody's right. like, yeah, now, we're <laughs> now it's a party. I don't know. Maybe he did. Did he like not think that Snake was going to try very hard or was he just that confident? I think he's overconfident. I think he's mm-hmm. just like, you know, my record is 214 and 0 and I'm twice this guy's size and I'm slag and I can do whatever I want. I can kill him in five <laughs> seconds or I can have some fun and take five minutes to do it. Yeah, I guess it's like if you're uh, your nephew challenges you to like play. um What's that? Oh my gosh! With the racing game with Mario. What am I trying to say? Mario Kart. Kart. Thank you. Tries to, tries to challenge you in Mario Kart, and you're like, okay, kid. Yeah, sure. And you don't try very hard on the first one, but then you're like, oh, okay. You got to lean forward and actually show him what. For. <laughs> <laughs> the next one. Oh boy. I can't. <laughs> I can remember the uh, the time based arts festival in Portland, Oregon, but I can't remember the name of Mario Kart. Uh, some, <laughs> some days are harder than others when you're podcasting. <laughs> Molly, did you see some of the cool stuff about uh, Ox Baker and the way he handled the staging of this fight? You know, a little bit that he got like hit and he was like, what? <laughs> like he didn't really register it. Yeah, but also that he was too rough. Did you see that stuff? Oh, really? Yeah. So Kurt Russell said basically this guy did not know how to pull a punt and, and he was just being way too rough. And so oh he was God. practicing the scenes with Kurt Russell's stunt double. And Kurt Russell's stunt double was essentially getting beat up. Like, his face was black and blue by the time they were done rehearsing. Oh, my and God. So the stunt, oh, wow. stunt double, like, came out, and then Kurt Russell had to go in to film the scene, and stunt Russell was just like, good luck. <laughs> and no. so John Carpenter was, like, telling him, listen, you, you got to calm down. You know, you're just you're, you're taking this too rough. And, I, and, and he was not listening. And so finally, Kurt Russell went over to him with the baseball bat, he tapped him in the balls with the bat, <laughs> and he said, "You gotta calm down." And that finally calmed him down. Wow! <laughs> wow! Real life berserker rage, I guess. Yeah. Holy cow! Interesting. Wow. <laughs> I was I was wondering when like the the real limits of the production's tiny budget were going to show. Because <laughs> the whole time I'm watching this, I'm like, I can't believe they made this movie for so little. I can't believe it. This is this is incredible. But to hear a story like that, where there's like the stunt coordinator has not made it super clear already how every hit is going to land and how you're going to do it. Like, oh, oh, I see. I see where the corners have been cut here. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Yikes. Yeah, I guess. 
going oh, in sorry, there just sort of like pr- trying to protect yourself, like uh, really, really hanging on to that bat for all it's worth. Like, all right, I got <laughs> to defend myself for real. Yikes. What were you going to say, Molly? Oh, no, I just the the beginning of this, just kind of speaking, you were talking about like little kids stuff, but it totally reminds me of a couple of kids with like foam bats at like Toys R Us, because they're just sort of like almost like sword play with the bats initially. Yeah. It doesn't feel very aggressive, but it's so interesting to hear, you know, a little later on, the man's got to tap the dude's balls to get him to calm down. <laughs> It just it escalated quickly. <laughs> <laughs> well, maybe this was the take after they finally got him to calm down, and then it was like maybe a bit too calm for a second. And then <laughs> get it going again. Yeah, there is kind of that thing where like um that version of fighting where like they're aiming for each other's swords instead of aiming for each other's heads for for right. a bit. Yeah, yeah. Or, I think maybe that's where that feeling of like overgrown kids comes from. But pretty pretty quickly after that, then it's like oh I'm oh I'm very worried about this poor guy. <laughs> like, <laughs> This is uh, this is gonna be an uphill climb for for old Pliskin. Oh, yeah, Snake Pliskin. What a cool name! I'm sure you guys have said that many times throughout the whole podcast. But being as this is my first this oh, this week was my first introduction to the character. Um, God, what a cool name! What a delightful what a delightful look and name and vibe for your main character in an action film. The hair and the eye patch and the Snake Pliskin of it all is very satisfying. Yeah, it's, it's no surprise to me as I, you know, I don't know exactly when I saw this the first time it was probably like maybe eight or nine or something like that. So it's it's no surprise to me that I loved this guy as a kid. You know, I mean, see, you know, yeah, Snake Pliskin with the tattoo and the <laughs> eye patch and the eh, call me Pliskin. You know, of, of course I fell in love with this character. <laughs> <laughs> it's very cool, and yet they had somebody real cool to play him. Yeah. Um, so after after things get hairy for Snake Pliskin in the ring, then we then we get our um, our cool editing technique that Molly talked about earlier, where we um, are in a different part of the room the, of the complex and we're not sure where, and we've got uh, Brain and Maggie on a mission. And um, I just think this shot is like uh, pulsive and interesting. Like we, we we're not losing the energy of the danger of the scene just because we've switched to two people walking or something like that. I just, I, I like that it's a dark, moody, creepy, sneak around thing. Like a, mm-hmm. a bit of espionage in our big fight. Yeah, I think there's, again, some really great just shorthand happening. It's amazing what you can do in just a few seconds that, you know, the camera is, you know, pulled back from them. So it's not just like right up on them, like a mid shot between like waist up to, to head. It's pulled back a little ways. And because it's pulled back a little ways, you've got brain looking behind him. You know, this, I think this is handheld as well. So you have this sense that almost like from your perspective, you're following them. So it, it totally, there's a, it's it's really actually just these few seconds are really great and being able to transition then you know obviously the audio we were talking about before uh and then you know we like you were saying like we have just such a great setting that there's just a bunch of like crap laying around here yeah these like random doors and uh things with when we talked about like the the mystery the mystery that lives beyond the edges of the frame like that literally the a lot of the crap that's back here is covered up with sheets and um draped over with things and you don't know what it is or maybe that was like a production type thing where i don't know just throw some there's some camera carts and some apple boxes over there throw a throw a a thing over it but it in in the moment in the the world that we're in it feels mysterious and creepy around the edges and now we're in somewhere spooky and not just somewhere um uh action crazy gladiatory gladiator 
gladiator gladiator style Mm -hmm. (laughs) sometimes you you reach out for the word and it's not quite there (laughs) and eventually it finds its way to you like perhaps they'll find their way to their destination i don't know i don't know how to close this out (laughs) i I know it's okay i know how i'll close it out i've got another question to pull in spider-man oh okay all right uh peter with the symbiote suit how does how, how do you think he handles being inside Manhattan prison? Oh, boy. Um, so Peter with the symbiote suit. I, I mean, again, we're talking about the Sam Raimi movies, which we've covered so far, because there hasn't been like symbiote suit Peter in any of the other movies. So maybe Peter in different interpretations of the character, things might go different ways. But Peter Parker from the Raimi films right. is a very dorky boy. He is <laughs> he is a, a dorky little go- goofus, and uh, evil does not look good on him. And uh, when he thinks he looks cool, he does not look cool at all. So I think if he's still trying to be incognito, I think he's going to have some like rude awakenings with the way people treat and respond to him. But if he just decides to be full scary spidey all the time i think he does quite well because Mm. a he's got a very cool flashy outfit and that's clearly in this um like environment a high priority everybody is going all which ways with their costumes and their outfits and how cool they look and you know say what you will about black suit spidey but he does have style points (laughs) He (laughs) he likes to dress in interesting ways and the um the black suit, I think, is intimidating and, and a bit scary. And um, let's be real, folks. He's got a bunch of superpowers. So even if people try to hassle him, um, you know, we saw how he handled himself in a jazz club when some uh, bouncers <laughs> tried to some bouncers tried to take him out when he didn't want to leave. And uh, they didn't fare too well. So I don't think any of these uh, these bad guys um, would fare that well against him either. If there's if there's no, no guns in this environment, I don't think anything's really going to... Um, pose a real danger to uh to black suit spidey speaking of what else he does in that jazz club he could be in the broadway show in this movie. that's right the, the like the vaudeville dance that we've got <laughs> when we meet cavi man what a what an odd interesting movie yeah <laughs> maybe he's got maybe he's got a, a couple things going maybe he's got side hustles as the <laughs> he'll be performing there and he'll be the muscle on somebody else's team or he'll get his own gang of uh you know, the tarantulas or something going in <laughs> some corner of the city. Yeah. But uh, let's, be real. let's be real, folks. He's a very big, strong guy. He'll be fine. He'll be fine. Maybe not big, but he's strong. Uh, Zach, remind everybody where they can find you out on the internet. Sure thing. You can find me at my uh, podcast that I co-host with Scott Corelli called Spider-Man Minute. At SpiderManMinute.com, Spider-Man Minute on Instagram and uh, Twitter and everything. Spider-Man Minute on any podcatcher of your choice, wherever you listen to your podcasts. Look up Spider-Man Minute. That's where I am. And for me personally, it's Zachary J. Luna on the old Twitter and Instagram. That's Zachary with an H in the middle, J with a J, and Luna like the moon. That's it. Yeah, give Spider-Man Minute a listen. It is abs- It's one of not just movies by minute, one of my favorite overall podcasts out there. Uh, Thank you Zach- so much. Yeah, Zachary Scott really uh, bring a lot of fun to talking about the Sam Raimi Spider-Man movies. Uh, in the meantime, you can chat with us on Facebook and Brains Library, the Escape from New York Minute Hangout. You can chat with us on Twitter and My Minute Pod. You can subscribe to our thing. You can give us a f- nice, happy, positive rating and review as well and make us all happy. Uh, and even if you don't do any of that, you know what? Don't worry about it. Just be on time and then stay out of the sewers <laughs> and we'll meet you on the other t- side of the wall. Mm-hmm.